Well, welcome back, Wayfarers. Thank you so much for joining us as we keep leaning into the idea of why it matters so much who we wayfare with. This is season two, episode seven, and today we are jumping in further on who we are living life alongside, the role they play and the role we play as we sharpen each other, spur one another on, and faithfully journey forward to our heavenly homeland together. We're praying that God will use our time together today to encourage you to lean into and lean on these key relationships in your life, and we're so grateful to spend these moments with you. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode seven. Episode seven. Hey, we are seven episodes. In, well, this is episode seven. Yes. We're, we're six episodes into this. Oh, same. It's the same thing. Not exactly, but okay. <laughs> uh, well, hey, this season is our attempt to create conversation around why we need community and how to foster that community and that the best place for life to be lived is alongside others in the life of the church. And so... I think for us, this whole season is devoted to acknowledging that community is hard to create, it's hard to cultivate, but it's it's essential, it's necessary, it's pertinent, and it doesn't just happen, right? It, it uh, You have to pursue it, and you have to put in the work to create it. And so that's what the whole plan for this whole season is. Yeah, we're excited that we get to introduce to you some of the voices that have been key in our community, some of the people who have... Um, been fellow wayfarers and faithfully um, pointed us to Jesus throughout our journey. Um, But something that the podcast has done is it's so it always catches me off guard when people are like, oh, I've listened to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm always surprised. I don't know. But it's been it's been such a beautiful way that I feel like God is answering that prayer that we have had that he would raise up a movement of wayfarers with their eyes fixed on Jesus, their hearts set on heaven. And we are seeing some of that just play out in the way that people have engaged with a podcast. It's like creating a community of wayfarers um, all over the place. Um, But if you are listening today and you have been one of those people who have leaned into this um, podcast journey with us, we're just really grateful. We're thankful that you would spend your time with us and listen to some of our conversations. And we are really encouraged by the way that God is using it in so many of you. And um, every time that somebody emails us or tells us about a way that God is working in them um, and that their journey has been spurred on through um, listening to some of these uh, podcast episodes, it's just, it's a humbling thing, but it's such a beautiful thing to remember that God can literally use anyone in anything. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, think back all the way to the beginning, you know, that this is something we just started saying we're going to record these conversations and document these conversations out of a place of conviction. Yeah, whether anybody uh, listened whether any, or not. <laughs> anybody listened or not. Um, it was kind of a thing of not to say like, oh, we've got a podcast. It was more to say, this is what God is stirring in us. And what we want to do is pour out what we believe he's pouring in. And so whether people started listening along or not, we were going to record it and we were hoping to share it. And so... Basically, what we're saying is that we're just so blessed and so encouraged. And I know we keep repeating it every single time, but as more and more people are stepping into this with us, they've not listened to all the other times in previous episodes of how grateful we are. So we feel this 
this joy in our hearts and blessing in our hearts that people are stepping into this. They're encouraged. We're encouraged. And the whole plan was to put things in people's backpacks to better equip them to faithfully follow Jesus through whatever they're walking through. And so I've just been blown away by um, looking at the, the reach of the podcast. I'm constantly humbled over and over again how many more states are showing up, um, how many more countries, how many more hours, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours being added to people listening. I'm thinking... But you're a details guy. You like all of those things. Like you have um, a, an appreciation to know. Well, because like, I'm just thinking that's a lot of time to listen to yeah. me. I mean, I, I mean, I could sit and listen to you all day long. And... I mean, you're not so sure? No. <laughs> I listen to you all the time. When do I not listen to you? No, you listen to me. I just don't know why. <laughs> I <guess. laughs> well, I, I mean, we could do a podcast on that, of why I listen to Crystal. But I'm I'm just, we're, we're grateful. We're humbled. And, and I think the crazy thing is, it's because people are sharing it. And I know it sounds so silly, but when you... When you say that you're going to follow it and you click that little button or you 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 review it and say how it's encouraged you, all of those things, whether it is on social media or or something, whatever, all, I don't know how all that stuff works. I just know when when this blesses you and you pass it along to friends by word of mouth or just people that you think it would it spur them on, that's huge. Yeah. And we are hearing from those people. We are receiving messages of how to be praying for people, hearing messages of how this is serving them. And that just fuels our conviction to keep doing what we're doing. Right. And it's just it, because it's built on the idea that God is going to let this conversation, this time, fall into the hands of the people that need it. And so we've heard uh, several different people say, well, I, I just posted it on my timeline. And then I got this message from this friend who said, oh, I needed this at this moment like exact time. So you never know how God's going to use that. Um, and it's just like a simple act that allows allows it to be um, available to the people who, who God may lead to it. So we're really grateful to be used like that. And again, like it's not like we have any kind of overarching ambition to be like these super popular podcasters. <laughs> I, no, that is not the We're point. sitting in our basement. We don't even know how to do that. Um, <laughs> but if God can use it, we really, really um, are humbled to be able to be used. And so you guys are a part of that. Every time that you share it, every time that you um, post it, every time that you like point someone to it, that's just a part of the way that God is using even this. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and it invites other people into it. And, and for us, just as we said, like we wanted to create the space to have conversations that call people to deeper places that better equip them to follow Jesus faithfully. And that will point hearts that are far from him in the direction of him. And, and when that happens, whether you are a believer in Christ or not, and you're listening to this, if you are, you are, you are equipped in a new way to carry this perspective, this heart posture, this mindset of wayfaring, the re remembering the ancient pathways of the pilgrimage language of discipleship mm -hmm. in, in scripture, you're carrying that mindset into your local body of believers, into your church family. And that right there can, can change so many beautiful things in the life of your church family, no matter what local church expression in whatever locale. And, 
And I just think that is beautiful. And that's how, just as you said, we've been praying that God would raise up a movement of disciples that are carrying the message of Jesus with that perspective. And to see that happening and to hear about that happening, it just blesses us. So, Well, and if you're listening and you're not a believer, our hope and our prayer is that you are encountering the God who has held us, the God who is encouraging us, and the God who has promised us these incredible, irresistible things ahead, these promises of restoration and and reunion of resurrection and, and all of the things that we look forward to, all the things we welcome from a distance. Um, and so if, if you have, if, if you're just kind of exploring this idea of who Jesus is and, and what we can expect from him and how he walks with us, our hope is just that our testimony and that just the honest sharing of our story and what we've walked through and what we hope for and what God is pouring into us will just encourage you to continue to reach out to that God who is pursuing you, that God who wants to lead you, but as I, as some of my favorite scripture verses in Isaiah that like say to those who are brokenhearted and weary, your God is coming to save you. And that how do we strengthen the people um, who are brokenhearted in this world? We tell them what hope is and who hope is and that he hasn't left us, that he's leading us somewhere. And Jesus is our answer. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our king. Jesus is our hope. And all you need is found only in him. And that truth is for all of us. Yeah. And so today we're just hoping to kind of move this conversation forward, the conversation we've kind of just introduced throughout the season that we don't wayfare alone, that we it is important to have a circle. It is important to have truth tellers and grace givers. It's important to have um, people who will point your hearts to Jesus and lead you and walk with you toward Jesus. People who um, will disciple your children alongside of you. People like coming off of our last couple episodes. Yeah, the Mays and the Millers who who have been primary voices in shaping the hearts of our kiddos. Yeah, but and also our hearts. I mean, we are walking together, um, learning from each other, leaning on each other as we go. And so hopefully today what what we can drill down on even further is that yes we need these relationships um, and yes the best place to foster those is in the context of the church um, but also what to look for these three key relationships that we think are vital in the life of every every wayfarer yeah and that's not our idea that's coming from scripture like that like (laughs) Like, nothing's our idea babe right you know what I mean though like but yeah it's we're just looking at it from a different angle today right but yeah. we're going to build on something that it, we can see throughout um, the New Testament, these um, examples and experience and testimony that are centuries old and have their roots in Scripture and all throughout the epistles, all throughout the Gospels, um, that there are three key discipleship relationships that we see in the early church as wayfarers moving forward. Well, at least three, right? And I, and I think for us, I mean, even everything we're going to dive into right now maybe is more of just reminding us of truth we've already been taught. I mean, it's it's not a new concept. Um, anyone who's ever hung out with me for very long, they've, they've heard me talk about this uh, oftentimes in a lot of settings. And I always frame it as questions, typically, but, I, but after some very clear statements, everybody needs a Paul, everybody needs a Timothy, and everybody needs a Barnabas. And that will make sense to people who, who know who Paul is 
and know who Timothy is and know who Barnabas is. And it may be like, I don't know. I'm a little fuzzy on, on that, right? <laughs> yeah. So and that's okay. Yeah. That's so let's okay. just maybe take a few minutes and talk about that. Who's Paul? Well, Paul's responsible for a large majority of the epistles of all the things that we yeah. learn from in the New Testament. <laughs> the new what? The New Testament. Testament. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm just messing with you. No. So, so yeah, when we talk about Paul, Paul is somebody who um, came out of the gates. I mean, highly educated, all the academics and everything in in Jewish faith, right? But also saw it as his responsibility to be a threat and thwart the the early church, right? And then he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus on his way to go round up and jail people. But uh, what he ended up doing is placing it. What? What was that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but just that Paul was, he was um, diametrically opposed to Christians. He was persecuting Christians. But what I love about his story is that God turned his heart around. He completely did a 180 and then he became the person that was spreading the gospel, spreading the, the good news about who Jesus is and what he's done for us, what he's inviting us to. Um, and, and he didn't need to like completely erase his story. He used what he had walked through. And even that that hurt that he had caused, God uses that um, to make him then an encouragement to others that no matter what you've done, I am the chief of all sinners and God can forgive me. So God is inviting every single person into the good news um, and and will offer forgiveness to every single person. He doesn't have to erase what he's walked through, but it, it is used as part of what qualifies him as a, a in it, with a unique voice to share the gospel. And God redeems it, right? right. God takes it and he repurposes it. Um, the pain that he's experienced and the pain that he's caused. And so when we talk about, again, everybody needs a Paul, everybody needs a Timothy, everybody needs a Barnabas, what we're trying to do is kind of connect the dots to these biblical characters of what we see playing out in their life as Jesus has a hold of their hearts, right? right? And so, um, because again, Paul was Saul. Right. Before. And so he's a completely different person because of Jesus. And so when we say everybody needs a Paul, what we're what we're really getting at is the way Paul was shepherding and speaking into the life of so many local churches, all these churches that he had planted, churches that um, people had planted that he had discipled. Mm -hmm. Right. And raised up pastors, raised up leaders um, to to start churches and. And what we're saying is that like those relationship dynamics are pretty important and it makes you want to ask the question, well, who's my Paul? And I'm not saying like, okay, who's my biblical Paul? What I'm saying is who are the people pouring into me? Who are the, who are the voices, right? Like we've talked about before of trusted voices that are truth tellers and grace givers. Who are those people that are further along in their faith that are in so many ways mentoring you Mm -hmm. and shepherding your heart and and pastoring your heart. Who who are those people? Who are those voices? I think if we can't recognize that we have people speaking into our faith from that perspective, from that angle, it should give us pause 
Yeah. Yeah. We need people to pour into us to, to point us to Jesus because of what they've learned and what they've walked, that they would be willing to share their life experience and the way that Jesus has been faithful to them um, to inspire us to continue our journey. Those people are absolutely vital. They could be your pastor. They could be your um, like your father, or your mother, somebody who who um, has taken a very deep interest in you to pour into you, to mentor you, to invest into you for the kingdom. Yeah. So maybe the question for you is, who is your Paul, right? Who Who is that primary voice that is shepherding your heart and not just dumping information into your heart, but someone who who is further along in faith that you can look to for wisdom, for counsel, and for shepherding? And maybe you don't have a, a, a role or a person that comes like immediately to mind when you think about that. But in all of these different roles that we're going to talk about, Paul, T- Timothy, and Barnabas, I just want to invite you to pray about that. Like if you don't have that in your life, God wants that for you. There is a, a precedent for that. There is a need for that. And so if you ask God to bring a Paul into your life, I fully believe that he will. I wholeheartedly know that he will answer And that. wouldn't you say that like... Wouldn't you say that like so many of us, we probably have that voice. We've maybe just not defined it as such. Or given it credence or or a place of prominence in our lives. Yeah. Like sometimes it just takes opening the door to, hey, I really respect the way that you live out your faith. And I really want to benefit from that relationship in, in my life. Will you teach me? Will you kind of invest into me in that way? Yeah. And the way somebody else walks with Jesus then starts rubbing off on you. In the way that you walk with Jesus. So everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs a Timothy. Everybody needs a Barnabas. I'm going to keep repeating that because I want that to stick because I want people thinking like, oh, who's my Paul? Right. And so let's talk about Timothy. You want to talk about Timothy? Timothy. He is this young (laughs) pastor. Right. Why are you laughing at me? Timothy. Timothy. (laughs) Um, So Timothy is this young pastor that's that. um, Well, Paul writes some letters to him, but he's palled around with Paul. Paul has been that that voice in his life as long as well as his his mom and his grandma yeah, you get like, the idea that he's watched him grow up he knows his mom he knows his grandma he can well, remember lois him when he was and, really and, little. and and eunice i mean like like they these yeah, he are knows his dad is the whole family kind we're of just dynamic. talking over one another this is great I, but i'm excited <laughs> about no like like his mama and his grandma have been have been speaking scripture over his heart since infancy and this is a this is a dude who like because of jewish culture and everything he would have been raised by by the age of five. This dude would have been learning and memorizing the Pentateuch, the, like the first five books of the Bible, right? He would be immersed in scripture. But even as an infant, this dude is hearing scripture spoken over his heart. There's a principle in there, I think, for parents. That's a uh, that that's something to to put in our backpack. But Timothy is someone who is younger, that his life and his faithfulness is being shaped directly by the Paul in his life, quite literally the Paul in his life, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, when you look at first Timothy, second Timothy, everything Paul is doing is pouring into Timothy to say, here's the deal. This is the task in front of you. This is the race that you are going to be running and you are equipped to do it. And so guard closely what has been entrusted to your care. Right. And so I think maybe the question is, and, and if you want to throw out some more things about Timothy, you can. You're looking at me like you do. But I, um, I'm, you're like, you're like, as soon as you stop talking, Ben, I'm going to jump in. Oh, go for it. OK. The question then becomes, 
who are the people we're pouring into? Like if we can identify our need for someone pouring into us, then we've, we've got to be able to wrestle with the question of, well, we can't just soak all of that up. Where are we being wrung out and that being poured into somebody else? Mm-hmm. So so who who is your Timothy? Who is the person that you are the one that's farther up along the road in your faith? And they're looking. They need living, breathing examples of faithfulness, loving Jesus. They need those examples in their life right now. They don't need to wait until they're all grown up to experience those relationships. So who's your Timothy? And then who's your Barnabas? Who's your Barnabas? <laughs> That's such a funny name. <laughs> well, I mean, it means son of encouragement. Like, it's yeah. it's more of a nickname, right? Like, yeah. But Barnabas is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he is just running alongside um, Paul and they're in, the, in ministry for a season and then not for a season. But, well, I mean, go back a little bit. Barnabas is a leader in the life of the church. He's He is known for his generosity. He is known for his encouragement. But he's also known for being the dude that went to bat for Paul because Mm -hmm. Paul's reputation was Saul, right? Like that he was the dude that was persecuting believers. He was the one that was trying to harm the church. And so all the, all the Christians, all the believers are saying like, ah, should we trust this guy? And Barnabas is the one that went to bat for him to say, no, here's the deal. God has done a work in him and he is to be a part of the life of the church. Mm -hmm. So there's just something about how when your nickname, when you are given a nickname that speaks of your character and and the way that you seek to be an encourager to other people, that's pretty legit, isn't it? I mean, like, like, I mean, so when we say everybody needs a Barnabas, we're saying you, you need people you're running alongside. You need people you're running alongside and they know that they're running alongside you and you're running alongside them. And there's room for that kind of cut from the same cloth. We're in the same season and we can encourage one another all along the way. Yeah. And you're running toward the same goal. It's not competition. It's collaboration. It's it's working together and supporting each other, walking in the same direction. Um, so I just love the idea of a Paul, a Barnabas, a Paul, a Timothy, and a Barnabas. And the, the truth is that those aren't like defined roles that you can only be one at. They kind of like morph and, and flow into each other. If you are a Paul and you're pouring into a Timothy, then somebody else is pouring into you. And so there's just this interconnectedness, this interwovenness um, with these relationships that I feel like just strengthens um, the community as a whole because we're, we're interdependent. We're locked together. Um, someone else is feeding into me. I'm feeding into someone else and other, we're just walking alongside each other, um, strengthening each other. Yeah, it is. It is the actual coming alongside, right? If, if the body of Christ is to be the classroom in which we learn how to love Jesus, love one another, and therefore love everyone else, like they're, you're pouring in and you're pouring out mm-hmm. and you're walking alongside. And so you can be somebody's Timothy, right? But you can also be somebody's Paul. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such a beautiful expression of discipleship, the metaphor of discipleship. You know, we always go back to when we talk about wayfaring language, we're talking about the fact that you're you're walking in a distinct direction and there may be wilderness between where you are and where you want to be, but you look for the evidence of where people have walked before you. 
that metaphor through whether you're winding through the woods and you are climbing over things or you're having to look out for things that will ensnare you or detour you. This this is what I think captures how we wayfare with one another in those relationships, because we've got somebody guiding us. We've got somebody that we're guiding and making sure is along for the ride. And we're doing that side by side. So maybe it's just good to throw those questions out. Who's your Paul? Who's your Timothy? Who's your Barnabas? Can you can you put names on it? Because maybe maybe what you ought to do is be like, I know who those people are. Maybe I should shoot them a text message to just say, hey, I love you. I'm for you. And this is what I see to be true of your character and what I know to be true of you. Thank you for being in this journey of following Jesus alongside me. And right? Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think that would be a beautiful way that you would just be a son of encouragement to the people who you are wayfaring along with. Um, but it also goes back that journey metaphor, that journey language goes back to something else you say, which is like something I think that is seen in all three of these relationships, but it's clear the path, point the way and walk there with. Yeah. I mean, and I even talked about like, I mean, I know we're not going to devote the whole episode to that, but yeah, I get geeked out about (laughs) getting to talk about that because I think that is the way that we, we relate. That is to me, those are the discipleship pathways, the way that we embrace the responsibility that comes with someone pouring into us and us pouring into someone and us walking alongside one another. So yes, clear the path, point the way, walk there with. And I think it's important to note this. To us, this is not like a systematic approach, mm-hmm. right? It's it's simultaneous. Mm-hmm. It's the mode. It's the means, right? Because if you think about it, if you try to do it systematically of like clear the path, then point the way, well, you may very well be putting junk in the path if you can't point the way <laughs> before, you know what I mean? Well, and you've removed yourself distance-wise so far from the person that you're pointing the way. It's like... They, they don't have the benefit of seeing it up close, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when we use language like clear the path, point the way, walk there with, what we're, what we're saying is if you are in those relationships with a Paul and a Timothy and a Barnabas and you're seeing that around you in the life of the community you're connected with, you will actively be looking to clear the path because you know the way, but you will also be willing to walk there with. It won't just be saying, hey, you should head that direction and not be willing to journey with. And it doesn't mean, oh, we we can journey with every single person constantly all the time. No, that's the whole point. The body of believers, the community that comes with the church that we are all in this together and we are all moving on mission side by side. And so we collectively walk there with. And so I... I get geeked out about that stuff because it become it's become my lens in the way I see so many relationships around me. But also when I see things that don't make much sense, I I find myself running it through that filter of, well, we didn't clear the path. We put things in the path and it's because we were fuzzy on, on pointing the way or we see the hang up of I wasn't willing to walk there with, you know, I think there's so there's there's a, a point of conviction that comes with all of that, if we aren't willing to enter into those dimensions, those modes of clear the path, point the way, walk there with, well, then we end up muddy in the water for somebody else and we find ourselves 
on some detours. Yeah. Well, and you don't get the benefit of walking together. I mean, if you're if you're content to just embody or embrace one of those aspects and not another, you're robbing yourself of the beauty of mutual benefit, of mutual encouragement, of walking forward together and pouring into somebody who, um, because you've been poured into and then like walking forward, moving forward. It's, it's just life on life discipleship. It's not only for the benefit of the person that you're walking, walking with. It's also for your benefit. It's also growing you and sharpening you. And so it captures, I think, the roles that someone else plays in our life, but also the roles that we play in somebody else's life, that iron sharpening iron, right, of pushing our hearts in spiritual formation in the way that we continually come back to the way we surrender and yield so that Holy Spirit has all the room necessary to transform us into Christ-likeness, right? Refining our character, refining our perspective, refining our priorities so that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus. This is the means by which I think it it happens relationally. But I also think like it's it's not easy, right? It's it's messy. And I think that's why it's simultaneous instead of systematic. It's not like clean and compartmentalized. It it has to be happening at the same time because that is life. That is life. And that's what makes room for life on life discipleship. Right. So three major key relationships of discipleship and three outcomes, three three action steps of how we are going to do that, how we are going to wayfare forward together. We clear the path, we point the way, and we walk there with. So maybe as we land this, let's just do the quick recap um, and leave people maybe with some questions. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Who is pouring into you? Who are you pouring into? And who are you running alongside that is in the same season of faith that you can be an encouragement to and they can encourage you, right? Who is your Paul? Who is your Timothy? Who is your Barnabas? And who are you to those around you? Like, can people point to you in those roles as well? So maybe maybe this week, hopefully you're sending text messages and hopefully people are sending text messages to you just thanking people for being in those places and roles in your life. But also... Well, and if you're recognizing that there's... Um a void of those relationships in your life, then I think, again, you know, circling back to asking God about it, going to God about it. God, I have so many Pauls in my life, but I don't have any Timothys. Will you send me somebody that I can invest into, somebody that I can I can pour out what you're pouring in, um, somebody that I can, you know, kind of take under my wing and and point forward and walk with and, and clear the path for it? Those those kinds of prayers, I'm convinced that Jesus answers those. Or maybe you need a Barnabas and you just feel like you're running all by yourself or you have people who are pouring into you and, and you have people that are learning from you, but you don't have somebody that you can have authentic, real relationship, vulnerable conversation about some of the struggles and some of the 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 victories of, of walking forward. And, and you need a Barnabas. You need somebody who... Um, in that same stage of faith, that same stage of of um, journey to walk alongside, God will provide these people because God has those people in the church and in um, the community of faith all around us. If we are actively looking to fill those those roles for other people, then God will bring those roles into our lives as well. 
absolutely confident of that. That when you start praying for those places or those people, God is going to open your eyes to who he's put in your path and who you are now in the path of somebody else praying the same thing, right? So everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs a Timothy. Everybody needs a Barnabas. And everybody needs to be looking to clear the path, point the way, and walk there with.